Hey, it's Andrew. Just quickly before we start this episode, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, the Secure Ventures Podcast. The host, Kyle McNulty, interviews cybersecurity founders about what they are building. I enjoy it because Kyle focuses on their technology, what it solves, why they build it, where it fits in the market. Also, listeners can understand the why of these startups. In some ways, it's a great compliment to my own podcast, where I focus on the go-to-market side, not on the technology side. He's had some great guests on recently, for example, the CEO of Reality Defender, when they talked about the ins and outs of deep fate detection. Uh, he's had the co-founder and CEO of Ghost Security, and also the co-founder of Radical, Chris Peterson, who was incidentally a founder of Logarithm, where they talk about the role of AI in the SOC. This is not a paid promotion. I just simply enjoy what Kyle is doing with his interviews and get a lot out of them. Check it out. It's the Secure Ventures podcast. Now on with this episode. Welcome to the Sales Bluebird podcast, where we help cybersecurity companies grow sales faster. Whether you're a seller, marketer, leader, or founder, we give tips, tricks, experiences, examples, ideas, and inspiration from people who know a thing or ten about building great cybersecurity companies. I am your host, Andrew Monahan. Last week, I went on a bit of a rant about Outbound, and today what we have is a plea for differentiation, and more specifically, a plea for being bigger and bolder and clearer about differentiation. And I'll warn you now, at the towards the end of the, this episode, I'll use real live cybersecurity companies as examples of companies that are doing differentiation, some good, some not so good. So let's get to the heart of the matter here. So 3,000 companies in cybersecurity and very crowded submarkets. If you look at the breakdown on some of the big categories or even the small categories in cybersecurity, there's just tons and tons of companies that are all fighting for the same piece of the market. And when we go and talk to prospects or when prospects come across us when they're doing their research, their first question they'll ask themselves is, what does this company do? And the second question they'll ask themselves is, and how are they different to and they'll think about a company they already know. So if you're in the endpoint security space, they'll say, how are you different to CrowdStrike or Sentinel-1? If you're in the cloud security space, how are you different to Wiz or Orca or Equa? And what's interesting is the common feedback when you talk to security leaders is that at the end of the day, their belief is that lots of these companies are just not that different. I talked to CISO literally last week, and he talked me through his process for buying the last piece of technology that they bought. And he said, when it came down to it, the last three companies, they couldn't really tell much difference between them. And then they just chose the one that's the pricing model, not the price, but the pricing model was the one that uh, seemed to be best fit for how big they were and how they were scaling, right? So the three companies that are left in the game at the end, they just weren't that different, according to him and his team. So somewhere between going on a dream and saying, we're going to create a big, innovative, and groundbreaking product and company that deserves our time, our sweat, our blood, our tears, the investment dollars of sophisticated investors, somewhere between that and what the customer hears, things are being lost, right? You know, when we go on that journey to build a company, it's not to be a little bit better than someone else, right? It's to do things differently and have a point of view and have a a big way to change the industry, but it's just not ending up as something that our prospects 
that our customers are hearing. Now, let's be pretty clear about this. If you are in a spot where you, if you're honest with yourself, you've ended up not being that differentiated, right? So you start off with a dream and you're building something amazing, but everyone else caught up or is around you and filled the gaps. And suddenly you're at a point where in a spot where you're not differentiated, the know about of selling, marketing, differentiation, you know, trying to change things is really going to help you, right? It's going to be really, really hard to make a big impact. You might well brute force the market and get a few customers and feel like you're making headway. At the end of the day, unless there isn't a differentiated offering, you're going to struggle to get momentum and break out. And one of the things that happens a lot as we're striving for ways to be different is we go down into the weeds. We get into our own heads. We believe our own BS. We look at down at the feature level and say, our feature over here is something that they can't do. We're faster in this one way that we do this and they can't do that, right? And this becomes worse because what we do is we invest in product development. We invest in new features and we do it for good reasons. And we sell the company, sells the, sell the sell team, sell the marketing team on how they're so important. But often they're not. And they are just in minor ways different to what's out there in the market. So what we have to do is think about ways to drag ourselves back up and think about much bigger things to differentiate on. And I think one place to start is to look for themes as you see ways that you're different. So I bet you if you sat down in the company and said, let's come up with all the ways that we're different to other people in the market, you'd probably come up with a, a pretty decent-sized list. I don't know, 10, 20, 30 things that you think you, you do different, right? The trick is to figure out how do we translate that into a short message built around a theme? You know, if 15 of the 30 things you wrote down are all about helping the analyst be quicker to finding a resolution, then you have to kind of drag it all the way up into thinking about the theme around time to resolution, right? Something that I think is probably pretty obvious to most of us. What's important, though, at that point, if we want to really kind of start thinking about how we make an impact for our customers, is to answer the so what question for each theme that you come up with. And the way I think to think about this is... Imagine your champion who you're working with at your prospect has to go then convince a business-minded CISO that has a limited budget, which frankly, that's most of them, right? How are they going to go to them and convince them that this is an investment worth making? They're not going to do that and say it's going to be different than these other companies because of some feature they have. They're going to say it's going to be based on business impact. They're going to say, this company right here is going to be the best position to help us and then you know, fill in the, the impact, right? Is it reduce risk in a measurable way? Is it going to be uh, increased efficiencies, reduce cost, things like that? Or, and this is a good question to ask your champion, how can they tie it to big initiatives inside the company, right? So go past the usual business drivers and say that the company right now, the biggest thing they've got going on is they're expanding their whole supply chain into Asia Pacific. And with that comes needs from IT, and with that comes needs from IT security. And therefore, there's a need to tie investments back to that. When you think about helping your champion tie things back to that, that's where you see what the business impact might be off your differentiators. But here's the aha, is I think that's good hygiene to do that. But how can you make this punchy? And this might sound a little bit clickbaity. It might be headlines and you know flashy things like that. In some ways, that's what it is. 
because you know those things, clickbaity things, headlines in magazines and newspapers, they grab attention for a reason, right? There's things about them that means that a human being is going to stop and at least look and try and understand what's going on. And I think what we have to do when we're thinking about how we communicate our differentiation is think about how it can be punchy, how it can be pithy, how it can be to the point. Your headlines and grabbers on a piece of paper or come out someone's mouth should make someone stop and listen. It should make them sit there and say, oh, I get what they're saying, and I'm kind of intrigued for some reason. I get what they're saying, I get it, and I'm intrigued, all right? So one example might be fix 95% of vulnerabilities in one day with no increase in headcount. That's kind of to the point. I might want to make it a bit shorter. I remember back in the day when Tanium first broke out, one of the things that they that was there kind of a line that hit home and was a real uh, grabber for them was the idea of getting visibility in 15 seconds or less, right? So the idea that you, within 15 seconds, understand what's going on on all your endpoints across the organization, right? That was a, a short thing that people latched onto. And the way to think about this kind of headline or this uh, way to express your differentiation or in what you do is to say, this is what you want to be known for, right? So think about it. I get it and I'm intrigued. And then imagine that's going to stick in someone's head and say, that's the company to do that. And I was intrigued because of how they described this, right? That's what you want to be known for. This is what, how we need to think about this. So as we think about this, we need to be big. We need to be bold. We can't lie or mislead, right? You know, we want to definitely make bold statements, but they can't be quickly torn apart by the first person that digs a little bit deeper. And what we don't want to do is fall into the trap that many medium and large, large companies do when they're going through this exercise is don't put it to a committee. Don't allow everyone to wordsmith it and water it down and add in their buzzwords and say, can't go out there without this phrase in here and that thing in there. We're missing this or missing that, right? That's where you end up with complete nonsense in what you're talking about. Now, one way to have a think about this and to understand clearly how a company is differentiated and how they're thinking about differentiation, I find, is to first of all, look at their website. Now, I, I get it, right? What says on the website and what a salesperson says to another human in a meeting it won't be exactly the same, but it should be on a theme, right? It should be, you should have someone on the website saying we're red and someone goes into a meeting and says, no, no, we're blue, right? It's got to be the same sort of message, but just delivered a certain way. First example that I, I think back to was when CrowdStrike first started getting traction. And uh, if, you, if anyone remembers, their strapline was a very simple, we stop breaches. Three words. That's what it was. We stop breaches, right? It wasn't the leading endpoint solution that helps you mitigate the risk from being breached. Or it wasn't, we use AI and ML together with great synergy and threat intelligence to deliver next generation anti-malware, right? It wasn't anything like that. And, and quite frankly, it wasn't what they have up there today, which right now on their website at the start of November 2022, it says, when we are number one, our customers win. CrowdStrike is recognized as a market and technology leader by independent analyst firms and third-party testing organizations, all right? A mouthful, right? So I, I don't know. I, I, for me, the we stop breaches grabs my attention. It's clear what you're trying to do. And I'm intrigued a little bit to find out, well, what the heck does that mean? How do they do that, right? Now, what I would do is compare we stop breaches to currently right now, BlackBerry. On their website, it says, 
cybersecurity for all, critical event management, secure embedded systems. BlackBerry is intelligent security everywhere. So when I read that and I look at it, I go, I have no idea. I just got no idea what they do. First of all, cybersecurity for all, you know, it's the old thing. If you're for everyone, you're for no one, right? But critical event management, I don't know, secure embedded systems, all right? BlackBerry is intelligent security. No idea what that means. And everywhere, really? Everywhere? I don't know. Networks, endpoints, cloud, uh, phones. I don't know. Is it everywhere? I, I, I don't know. When I look at that and I think about the sniff test, which what, what do we say it was, is can I say I get it and I'm intrigued? And I look at this and I don't get it and I'm certainly not intrigued. Great phrase from, from Donald Miller in uh, the story brand world is if you confuse, you lose. This to me is confusing, frankly. That's a big company. It's been around for a while. It's had different pivots for various reasons, as we all know. A very young company that's still finding its way in the cloud security space is a company called Daz. And uh, on their website, it says, fix at the root, go fast, remediation that scales with your cloud. All right. When I read it, first of all, I thought it was a little weird. I didn't, it's using words, fix at the root. I, I don't know if that's some very technical term that... Maybe everyone else understands and I don't, but fix at the root seemed interesting. Go fast. Do I go fast? Do they go fast? Who goes fast? Lots of people say they're fast. And remediation that scales with your cloud. That, that was an interesting phrase that I, I was kind of confused a little bit about. But you know, I look at this and I go, okay, so remediation in there. And I, I think they want to be the remediation company with cloud security, I think. And so I, I kind of look at this and go, well, I, it's sort of kind of there. But it seemed like just some phrases thrown up there, frankly. I wonder if they could have got some inspiration from CrowdStrike and simply just said, I don't know, something like re-remediate the issues that others find or re-remediate the issues that other tools give you or tell you about or something like that, right? I, I don't know. Something like that might be a little bit clearer about what they actually do. And the fact that it's it sounds like it's almost uh, alongside other tools might be the intriguing bit to me if I read that, right? Now, let's compare this to another company in cloud security, which is Aqua, Aqua Security. Their website right now says, we stop attacks on cloud native workloads. We guarantee it. All right, let's run that through our quick little rubric here. I get it and I'm intrigued. Do I get it? I get it, right? They stop attacks on cloud native workloads. All right, I get it, right? The thing that intrigues me is, the very bold statement, we guarantee it. Now, anyone who's been around security for a while knows that absolutes are, are not what it's all about. Anyone that says they got 100% security, you kind of laugh a bit at, right? So I'm kind of a little bit intrigued by the we guarantee it. What does that mean, we guarantee it? How do they guarantee it? I want to learn more about that, right? It's one of those, that's not like a hook to me to say, tell me exactly how you guarantee it, which is maybe what they want to do. So for this one, Aqua, that's to me, that's very clear. We stop attacks on cloud-native workloads. We guarantee it, all right? Another space to look at is actually the SOAR space, the security orchestration automation response space. And there's a bunch of competitors in there. And anyone who knows this space for a while knows that in the past, it's been played by complexity. It's been so hard for people in SOX to try and do SOAR. They have to be developers almost to write the code, write the processes, write the scripts to then do SOAR in any sort of effective way. Uh, and that's been the bane of the SOAR industry for a while. And what's emerged recently is like the next generation companies in SOAR. 
And what they've all done is rallied around the idea of no code or low code. So if I look at two companies in the space who are doing really well right now, one is Tynes, and their thing is no code automation for security teams. Another one is Torque, and their one is no code security automation. Now, I call this out because I, I kind of think it's interesting, right, is that uh, in two of the leading companies immediately went to no code, no code, right? Another company in this space is called Revelstoke, and they took a slightly different approach. And their three words on their website right at the top is radically simple soar, radically simple soar. And then they got a little graphic or an image, a GIF, I don't know what it is, where you see things moving around, you know, almost like building things right there and then. And in their text below, it says Revelstoke Soar is the first low-code, high-speed Soar platform built on a unified data layer. So what I liked about what Revelstoke is doing is they're not saying, you know, me too. They're not saying immediately no code, low code, right? They're not saying, you know, Soar, but with no code and copying or signing the same as other people that they're competing against. They've actually got a very different take. And frankly, I'll tell you, if you actually follow what Revelstoke is doing, I don't know who in the company is doing it. I had Bob Cruz, the CEO, on the podcast uh, a few months back. But uh, everything they do is different. It stands out. It's impactful. They say things in a different way. Not be confusing, but to be intriguing and just be different to what the you see in other people's websites out there. So I think they're a great example of a very early stage company. I think they're a Series A, Series A stage company using the few resources they have very effectively to try and stand out in the market. So that's why I wanted to call them out. Radically simple sort. So if I think about takeaways for this, you know, the temptation is to water down our differentiation, right? We want to water it down. We we're maybe don't be so bold. You know, once we get into developing the product and we realize how hard it is and complexities and we're not quite delivering everything yet. The temptation is let's water it down, right? Let's figure out how we how we say what we need to say, but we don't rock the boat a little bit. We don't want to say something where we get caught out. And then we start wordsmithing it. Let's make sure that these people are on board and the founder and the CEO and the marketing folks, the salespeople. And before you know it, you've got this weird kind of conglomerate of words that are there. So you want to be, be different, but you don't want to be boring, right? You want to be able to say things that will catch the attention. It's going to be simply said and be intriguing at the same time. And I think an important part of that is to get to the essence of what you're about and then boldly explain it. Figure out how to say it boldly as opposed to saying it in 15 words, 20 words, and use all the buzzwords and things like that. And I think the, the one reminder to the founders and CEOs and executive teams listening to this is when you're doing this, don't lose sight of the big dream the big why you started building this company in the first place. Don't lose sight of that, right? Because that North Star is probably still relevant when you're thinking about how you can boldly say things so you get noticed out there and your differentiation carries through. With that, I hope you enjoyed that episode and I look forward to speaking to you next time. It would mean a lot to me and to the continued growth of the show if you'd help get the word out. So how do you do that easily? There are two ways. Firstly, just simply send a link to a friend. Send a link to the show, to this episode. Um, you can email it, text it, Slack it, whatever works for you and is easy for you. 
The second way is to leave a super quick rating. And sometimes that can seem complicated. So I've made it as easy for you as I can. You simply have to go to ratethispodcast.com slash cyber. That's ratethispodcast.com slash cyber and explains exactly how to do it. Either of these ways will take you less than 30 seconds to do, and it will mean the world to me. So thank you.